Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, you coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the Marks, hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 179 pounds. It's went up a wee bit since uh, the coronavirus. I'm oh, I was going to say, you've been the same weight for many weeks. So I'm glad you started measuring yourself every week. It has, it has. Uh, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft. That is Big Alex, who is bigger than Tazawa's Ninja Army. And with us... Well, wait, 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 wait. Have you seen the Big Ninja in Tazawa's Army? Take that back immediately. I'm nowhere near the size of the Big Ninja in Tazawa's Army. Seven foot three, just to be precise. I'm almost the entire <laughs> foot smaller than that man. <laughs> and that man there is breaking more stories than Taylor Swift breaks hearts. It's sports keeper Gary Cassidy. Well, uh, after that reference, John, I tell you, we are never getting back together. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I loves a pun as well. He loves a pun as well. Now, Gary. Let's let's just put Gary over this week because you mentioned in just about every bit of wrestling press I've certainly read. What is the big story that you've broken this week? Um, the major one yesterday, the one that actually got me props uh, from people rather than just saying, you know, this journalist is getting worked by whoever's giving him sources. Uh, which the first one I'll mention was the Matt Riddle one uh, about Baron Corbin not wanting to not wanting to put him over straight away. Essentially, wanting to have five enhancement talent uh, matches beforehand. That's the one that people were like, "This guy's getting worked by whoever's giving him uh, stories." But the big one, the big news, is based on a WWE release recently, um, back in April. Obviously, a load of people got released. Managed to uncover where two of the talents are going to go. That sounds more impressive than it is because it's two talents that are a tag team and are going to the same place. Um, but it's uh, Anderson and Gallows. And I managed to uncover yesterday that they, and I don't think it is a great surprise, but they are not AEW bound. They are possibly New Japan bound, but they're definitely Impact Wrestling bound. And the contract they have at Impact Wrestling when they, they've either signed it already or they've signed a pre-contract or verbally agreed or whatever. But as a done deal, they're definitely going to Impact no matter what happens when they're there, they're allowed to work New Japan. So that's pretty big news. That makes kind of, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we expect them to debut at Slammiversary. Did your sources reveal that? I got told on or after uh, July 18th, which is, you know, obviously it's going to be on or after that because it's the first thing that happens after the non-competes end. So I think we'll see them at Slammiversary. Yeah. Uh, no, since you are the journal, would you care to comment on the, the substance the the supporting rumour, which is TNA, are considering bringing back the Aces and Eights stable. I actually thought of that um, because I'm sure, I think it was only earlier this year, D'Lo Brown said that they were going to do Aces and Eights stuff again. Now, there was, oh, there was oh, like a video oh, of D'Lo God. and he had the vest on a jacket in the background ah. quite recently as well. And <laughs> Do we need that? Do we need that? Depends I mean, I would like it. it. I would like it. <laughs> like, I mean, I wasn't, I kind of hated the angle when it was going on, but what I really did like was the way that once they did the reveal that they obviously didn't know they were going to do originally, 
the way they tied everything together in like a little four-piece YouTube video package. I think it's called The Rise of Bully Ray or something. I'd actually recommend going and watching it. The other big uh, news, and we're sitting here recording this on a Tuesday evening. We were hoping to have big news. There's been news circulating. There's a big announcement from NXT UK. At this point, at quarter to six on Tuesday evening, we do not have that news yet. Gary, there was rumours about it being shut down, but I think you can put that to bed, can't you? So I'm going to stick my neck out on the line here because I know that this podcast will probably go out after whatever news is broken and I may look like an absolute jabroni if uh, this does happen. This could be but... the end of Gary's career. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put over Gary and Biriam in the same segment. Uh, I like this. But yeah, as far as I know, up until this weekend, it was definitely still a case of, no, we're going to keep yeah. going with it. Um, so I've no idea what the announcement is. I still think, you know, and again, this is the kind of thing that will probably be out there before people hear me talking about it, but we might not actually get an announcement because all that's currently known at this time is there's an internal call with all talent needed to, to attend. So it could be anything. It could be, you know, an update on what they're going to do going forward. It could be an updated plan. Obviously, we know in the UK, a lot of plans have been pushed back a bit. So uh, it could be that. But I, the, the outside one is... They've just got a new dog and they wanted to share it with the <laughs> Yeah, the, the proper outside bet is that they could be folding. But myself, Alex McCarthy of TalkSport, who we're going to mention a wee bit later as well in the news, and a few other people have said that as far as they know and as far as I know, that's not the case. So I might end up looking like a fool by the time this airs, but hopefully John can sneak in and edit it if so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be leaving it in, don't you worry. Uh, but uh, listen, that, that's good news because obviously there's a lot of guys and girls over there you know, that have been out with this Speaking Out movement and relying that for their income, for their jobs. So, fingers crossed that it isn't the, the doomsday that everybody was expecting it to be and it is just something as simple as we're returning to TV really soon. So, fingers British crossed. wrestling needs some positivity this week. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, this week uh, we'll have all the latest news reviews uh, from the wrestling world and back by unpopular demand, it's Alex's new feature, Turning Japanese, where he encourages the embrace the world of Japanese wrestling. We all got did, to- did I not get one positive review back last uh, week? Thank you very much. You, you did. <laughs> Neil Shout Gow. out to that man. <laughs> Shout out to Neil Gow, one of our patrons, to who said, "Good to hear New Japan uh, getting its own section on the show. Uh, the New Japan Cup and G1 seasons are absolutely the right time to get into, it, as they've generally been excellent shows on almost a daily basis." So there you let's, are. Let's count that as this week's Turn Japanese segment and Alex doesn't need to do it in, uh, later on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to so, check if John's done his homework though. <laughs> we'll do that later on on Fancy Booking Island. Alex is in charge again this week. He's always in charge. Uh, what are we going to Keeping be Keeping a Japanese theme too as well. Right, what are we going to be booking, Alex? Well, this, this one's a little bit of a shout out to John and his eternal love story with Akira Tozawa. So the challenge this week is to book the Ninja Squad and I've also requested a name which could make or break the booking. Oh, God, mine's is going to be broken then. We'll find out how me and Gary get on against each other on that later on. Uh, we're going to be burying putting over stuff from all this week's shows. Uh, but first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, Alex and Gary, I'm fed up this week. I've had it. Jim Ross has got to get new partner. Jim Ross has to get new partner. You don't need to go any further now, I already agree with you, so you've, you've got me sold. <laughs> have, have you been watching AEW recently? Every time I switch on AEW, I hear this line, 
that guy's tougher than a $2 steak. <laughs> he has said that on every episode of AEW over the last few months. He's like that drunk uncle who tells the same joke over and over and over when you meet him at a, a family party. He tells that joke and you hear the first thing. <laughs> That's quite funny. Then you go back to the same family party. He's back with the same joke again. You give a sight snod and a, a smile. <laughs> then you hear it again and again and again. And it's, there's just no need. So I'd just like to cut a pro, uh, promo on Jim Ross and say, get new partner, Jim. <laughs> right now, we've got a whole host of wrestling daft merch options for you on our website, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Whole host of stuff up there. You can get lots of t-shirts with lots of designs with catchphrases from the show, such as I'm a mark, which I am wearing today. If you're watching the YouTube version, you'll see that. And Gary's also wearing that very t-shirt as well in black. And um, you'll get chips, cheese, and donor meat, which Alex is wearing today, which you'll be able to see if you're on the video version of this right now. And um, you also get things up there like Alexa versus Grado, when he said, Alexa, who is Graham Steveley? I'm a wrestler, Tay, Margaret the Elephant, they're all up there. Plus, we've got a load, loads of other stuff as well. We've got hoodies, bum bags, you name it, we've got it, trucker caps. So get well, on board. See, after you said this last week, John, <laughs> yeah. I went hunting for an item that I really wanted, and I can't really blame you for this. I have to blame Spreadshirt. They didn't have it. So, oh, you can obviously buy mugs. I want a wrestling daft teapot. A wrestling, <laughs> right? Okay. They don't do custom teapots. I was right. very, very disappointed. I will, I will request that from Spreadshirt, and that's the website you need to visit right now: shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Get all that cool stuff up there now, and if you do buy something, send us a pic so we can feature you on the show and put you up in our hall of fame. So get on board now: shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft, and you can look as cool as all us in our t-shirts. Right, it's time to move on to the newest feature in the Wrestling Daft podcast world. It's turning Japanese as Alex tries to convince us all to watch New Japan. What's been happening this week, Alex? Well, welcome back to the dojo. But before we talk about current events, have you boys done your homework? Yep. I rewatched ah. it because I really wanted to rewatch it after you mentioned it. So I might have <laughs> done it. Gary's obviously done sure. it. Sorry, I missed it. This was to watch. We were forced to watch. No, sorry. I'll rephrase that. <laughs> we were asked to watch uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 10. And oh, what a task that was. What a horrible sorry, thing to make sorry. someone watch, yeah? I know. Especially a wrestling fan. You poor yeah. bugger having to watch one of the greatest, arguably the greatest matches of all time. Right, okay. I apologise, Alex. I apologise. Gary, did you enjoy it, watching it again? Yep, uh, I keep saying it, where the, the AJ Styles-Nakamura match we got on SmackDown a few weeks ago is the best match they've had in WWE. Um, the Wrestle Kingdom match is the best match they've had, full stop. Absolutely. And brilliant. you even get to miss AJ Styles coming out in like a full-on Bullet Club lucha mask, which is pretty That's bad. It. The one thing that I took from it, though, is I couldn't take my eyes off it, you know, because I, I always think the, the weirdest thing, if you compare like, Japanese wrestling to any other wrestling, is the crowd. So if you're watching stuff for weeks with no crowd, to watching a quiet, like, <laughs> almost apologetic crowd that just applauds lightly. It was like, that was very strange going back to watch it. Like, it's not been that weird watching the New Japan Cup with no crowd. It's no. not <laughs> been that weird. Like, 
I mean, you, can, you miss it like halfway through some of the matches. Like it's really weird watching an Okada match without the Okada, Okada <laughs> kind of coming around from the crowd and the claps and stuff. But it's 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 not it's not as substantially different as WWE and AEW. So talking of the cup, Alex, uh, what should we be watching this week and what's been happening? Well, this week we had the first set of the second round matches. So we're starting to get the quarterfinals set. We had uh, Ishii going over Maccabi. We had Hiromo Takahashi, because there's a Takahashi and a Tanahashi, but we'll get to that. Uh, Going over Toriano, which is like their comedy character, which was quite a little entertaining match. Uh, We had um, Taiji Ishimori of the Bullet Club going over uh, Kanawaru. And then we had... Okada going over Nagata, and Nagata's like one of their old veterans in quite a, quite an interesting kind of submission-orientated match. So it's setting up some pretty good next-round matches. So we have uh, Tomohiro Ishii, who's like who's called the Stone Pitbull, who's essentially about five foot six, and is just this little tough Japanese bald man who's like an absolute beast in the ring against their light heavyweight champion, who is Harumu Takahashi, who's had some amazing matches with your Will Ospreys and your. Um, like Marty Skulls and all the flippy dudes from down there. And it's potentially setting up an Akada, an Akada Tanahashi semi-final, which could be amazing because it's one of the most decorated heavyweights against one of their most decorated light heavyweights. So that could be really interesting. But I will segue on to what I'd like to talk about this week, which is the man himself, Kazuchika Akada. So he's someone that you kind of have to understand is the modern day king of New Japan. Kind of took over... Uh, he kind of started out in New Japan when he was a mere 16. He came up through the dojo as one of their young lions, was trained by Ultimo Dragon, did a tour of the US in which essentially broke the New Japan TNA relationship about 10 years ago because of how bad TNA booked him. They essentially made him uh, Samoa Joe's little Green Hornet style assistant and made him wear the mask like uh, Okado from the Green Hornet. It was, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> After that, he came back to New Japan and they gave him the character of the Rainmaker, which was like their kind of arrogant, up-and-coming, cocky superstar. He quickly took the belt off Tanahashi, dropped it again to him, then became the youngest ever G1 winner, has since racked up five WGP wins, multiple G1 Climax wins, loads of match of the years. Dave Meltzer has given him every award under the sun. He's probably actually Dave Meltzer's favorite wrestler. I think he gave him the what was it, Most Outstanding Wrestler of the Decade Award that they did this year, I believe. So he's just the most amazing storyteller in a match. Like there's always something built around, like what I mentioned earlier with his previous match that was kind of bent around, built around him trying to essentially tap out the old veteran. And he just wanted to tap him out. He didn't want to pin him. So it's some of the best wrestling you'll ever watch. So John, your homework this week. Right, I'll do it. 2017 match of the year and the first bout between him and Kenny Omega. People right. are going to call it a cop-out as it's an obvious Akada match, but it's still my favourite, and it's yeah. definitely my favourite of the trilogy. I hear lots of people talking about this match, and I, I've never watched it, so I will definitely, definitely go back and watch that. Now, Akada, just for me, is he's almost like the Cena of New Japan. Is, is that, am I right in saying that? He's the most recent Cena. I'd compare Cena a lot more to Tanahashi, if I'm right, honest. Tanahashi, right, okay. But well, Tanahashi's like, he's the, like, you know you see the pictures of the older Japanese man with beautiful hair? Yeah. That's Tanahashi. Right. So if Tanahashi used to be, that was a bit more of the John Cena. He, Akada's more of uh, a, a successful Roman Reigns. Right. If, if, if like, he's what Roman Reigns would be if they'd managed to book him successessfully, essentially. Right. Okay, okay. Well, I'll really look forward to... Two more, two more reasons to love Akada that I forgot to mention. Right, go. 
one, he is the greatest luminous jacket ever, and two, he does a spinning pile driver, a spinning tombstone tile driver, John. Not a regular one, a spinning one. Oh, right, okay, I will get over that. Um, we're turning Japanese, thanks to Alex. And see if you don't watch that match, I'm going to force you to watch the one-hour draw between Okada and Omega. I'll watch that match. <laughs> cool. Right, let's go. Let's kill. Cool. So every week we go through the big wrestling shows and basically bury and put over all the stuff from it. Now, at this point, we normally invite a mark on to help us on, but... We normally get them on to do SmackDown and pretty much fuck all happened on SmackDown this week. So we're just going to get Gary to do it instead because he watches everything. So let's We all know who on. we've got to blame for the lack of action on SmackDown. Yes, <laughs> well, I think we'll get to that as well when we do it. Um, right, let's crack on then. Let's cut straight to Wednesday nights and AEW with Alex. Well, it was the usual Daly's Place extravaganza. We had Wardlow doing his best Brock Lesnar impression and trying to one-up him by adding an extra five to the F5 uh, during a very inappropriately timed ladder match. Do you know, why are you having a ladder match during a... Pa- uh, sorry, not a ladder match, a lumberjack match. Yes. Why are you having a lumberjack match during a pandemic? I mean, that's just a bit silly. And we even had Orange Cassidy magic a pair of sunglasses out of thin air at the end of the show. But getting into it. One thing, the first thing I want to put over this week is it's a particular moment from the um, the best friends Kenny Omega Adam Page promo. So there was a nice little bit of back and forth with both teams talking about their relationships and starting to trash talk the other. Trent also had a bit of a hole in his crotch, which was slightly questionable. Why did you wear those jeans when you knew you were going to be recording a promo sitting down on a step? But the bit I specifically want to put over was just at the end when Adam Page looks dead into the camera and says in a very deadpan way, we'll see you two weirdos at Fighter Fest. And it was just the most kind of beautiful ending, a beautiful play on Adam Page's current kind of character. Now, I need to kind of be a bit harsh here with my berry because I kind of liked the idea of it and the direction, but I didn't particularly like the execution. I'm talking about what I have behind me, which was the... Um, which was the kind of press conference weigh-in between Jake Hager and Cody. I really like the idea of it. I like them trying to do something a bit different with building the match, but I felt they just just did not hit home in any way for me. The Cody promo was a bit weird and awkward. The guy standing behind him with the belt just felt really kind of out of place the whole time. Why was Ali with them as well? I don't understand because QT wasn't there, but Ali was there. It doesn't really make any sense to me in that point and then they had that little kind of punch moment with Jake and then Jake's wife just being a bit of a bimbo and it just didn't really hit home for me which is a bit of a shame you know and think- uh, Dustin Rhodes wearing face paint while wearing a suit <laughs> it was just a couple of little questionable bits of that like I hope they keep trying this like one of my favorite parts of New Japan is their kind of the way they do like the press conferences after the match and stuff and introducing this kind of more sports feel is very AW and I think it's what we're all really enjoying about it as a and it's what's separating I think it's WWE. better than a contract signing that kind of thing Aye. yeah Aye. like it's something different it's a good idea but I think they can just do it a little bit better like it kind of felt a little bit a little bit similar to that kind of Jake Arn promo they had a couple of weeks ago that everything just didn't feel right yeah. What about, Cody, me- what about Cody's red suit? He looks like he should have been working at Butlins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 
his fashion choices have been considerably questionable over the past number of years. The man uh, needs uh, a new new gimmick other than the suit and the, the tie and stuff. I'm not that big a fan. Do you think? I think he's come across really healy. I mean, he's obviously the biggest baby face in the company, but at the last wee while he's come across quite healy to me. But maybe it's just me. Yeah, it's kind of he's gone beyond. He's kind of going into arrogance now, isn't he? From yeah. self confidence almost, which is. But at the same time, you know, you know, it's it's. It's good that he's got kind of a grounded reality of his own place on the card. Yeah. Again, self-booking. Um, my other, my put over this week, a particular wrestler who I actually, who they mentioned through the show was the first time they've wrestled on Dynamite. Sonny Kiss. Now I'm going to give you multiple reasons why, but the last one is by far the most important. First of all, him and Janelle as a tag team, gelling really well. A couple of tag team moves. They're kind of, Janelle is putting in the hairband to match sound, uh, to match Sonny and his beautiful assless chaps that he wears to the ring. <laughs> we had a bit of an awkward moment when Excalibur said something along the lines um, that said something like Brody's just tossed him off because like Brody Lee threw him <laughs> off him. And that was just, it, it hit home a little bit close for me. But now I want you both to remember that what I'm about to say is coming from a 30-year-old straight man, right? Sonny Kiss has the best ass in all of wrestling, male or female. <laughs> quite well. And that's the main reason the boy's getting put over. Can I argue with that? Um, <laughs> no arguments from here. No arguments. Yeah, I yeah, can't think of a better ass. Yeah, it's, it was phenomenal. And I know that maybe this isn't the time to bring this up after me too and speaking out, but I hope that it's, I'm being 100% complimentary here and hopefully not weird in any way. But no, you know where well, they need to go with it? They need, they need, need, need to have Sonny Kiss versus Billy Gunn. Yeah. That is, there you go. I'm totally ass up man for that. match. Sorted. I'm totally up for that. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's good the way they're portraying him as like a, as himself. They're not giving, putting yeah. any borderlines in the way. And obviously Brandy's always said from the start they're trying to be very inclusive. So having a prominent LGBT character, I think, is great for the show. Great for they've the always company. got Nyla. They've got Nyla as well. So. Yeah, Nyla as well. Yeah. 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 So... It's really good, really good for wrestling. Um, is that you done your buddies and pullovers? You got yeah, because I was I was going to stick with Jen Louise this okay. week. I'm sticking with the JLS man, sticking with the JLS. Okay. Oh. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, what tonight? It's FTR versus SCU now because FTR got very close to being put over this week for literally turning up in a truck. But then I discovered that they've named one of their moves the Vegematic, which is just a rung below the Goodnight Express for me, so they don't get a proper put over for that. And right. the real reason we all know this was my favourite yeah. match of the night was because the Lucha Brothers returned at the end. Yeah. No, I was good. It was decent. Well, I noticed that actually NXT beat um, AEW in the ratings this week quite yeah, significantly. It was quite considerable, I heard, It was well, quite actually. considerable. And I actually, and going on to NXT now with me, um, I didn't think it was a brilliant NXT show, despite the, what... I mean, it wasn't I mean, nearly as strong as last week's. No, I, I mean the main event. Let's. I mean the main event. Uh, the the theory between um, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, and Finn Balor was takeover worthy. You know, but the rest of the show around it, I struggled a wee bit this week. It's I have to interesting that that's where the swing and viewers came, particularly at the time, because you two will obviously be bidding and putting over the next two weeks, which is Fighter Fest and Great American Bash. Yeah. So it's an interesting time for it to swing. Now, we'll be interested to see how it goes in the next week. Well, um, so let's start off with the, the putovers. Um, what am I going to go for here? I think I've got to go with the fact they put over Santos Escobar Queen. Um, you know, they're establishing this, uh, what we were referring to on the show as the cartel 
This well, they're not called themselves the, the the legacy of El Phantasma. Yeah, the legacy. Like, El, uh, yeah, it's the legacy of El But I think it was a you know a really good move to put him over. You know, we had obviously had the two on the outside, but they put him over Queen um, against Jake Atlas, which I thought was a good move on their part because they need to establish it. Atlas got a lot of offence in to be in fairness to him actually. But the fact they put him over Queen, I thought that that's a good sign of things going forward, and they should go on as a team to, to dominate that division, I think. Obviously, do, do you think this is them preparing for the end of the Undisputed Era? I think potentially that might come, as, that might come and the, 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 uh, they might move the UE up into the main roster um, just and then have those guys run as the kind of main stable. Well, See, wait, you know it would be great if Dexter Loomis just like, I don't know, just somehow kidnaps all of UE and then they're never seen in NXT again. There's <laughs> something to do with Dexter Loomis writing them off TV. Well, let's get on to the buddies then on the UAE front. Um, I I get what they're trying to do with Undisputed there, and they're trying to show that they've got this comic kind of side of them as well. And I, I think I buried it slightly last week or the week before. It just, for me, doesn't work. The whole, they're making Roddy Strong look really weak with this kind of being scared of Dexter Loomis and, and running away from him after this whole boot incident and stuff like that. Strong's better than that, and I, I don't think they should. Do I have to say, Strong doing it is exceptional. It, it's just been, it's, it's been quite entertaining, but I think with the way Undisputed Era have been presented, I don't think it's the right move, if you know what I mean. Despite it being really entertaining, I, I just don't think it should be presented that way. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Um, a slight honorary mention as well to the Duke and Duchess of Doom and the use of alliteration. <laughs> I cut a promo on it a couple of weeks ago, the fact that WWE are just alliterating everything. So now uh, Carrie and Cross and Scarlet are the Duke and Duchess of Doom, for fuck's sake. <sighs> anyway, another put over, we'll move on. Uh, talking of Carrie and Cross, uh, going to put them over, I thought um, that was the right pair to make, putting them against Bronson Reed. Two massive guys, you know, they weren't just putting them against enhancement talent, they put them against a guy who looks almost bigger than Carrying Cross. And Bronson Reed, I think, will go on to to be one of the mainstays in that division. He's the, the next kind of Keith Lee upcoming guy. I think he'll do really, really well. It's difficult to compare any big man to Keith Lee. Though. It is difficult. Like Keith, the way Keith Lee moves, it's you're, it's a very, very special type of big man. Absolutely. But I thought it was a smart move putting him up against Carrying Cross and making Carrying Cross again look like a beast. And I think it's going to be a hot shot up to the main roster rather than you know having him hanging about in NXT because they, you know that's money. He's just money. That intro... The way he works the ring, Scarlet, that's just money. And, you know, when WWE in a place where they're, they're devoid of maybe heels, the likes of Brock Lesnar, main shooting him up to the main roster and having him run, run as, as, as a main heel, I think, is a no-brainer to me. But um, And, yeah, main event, um, it has to be match of the night as well. I think um, that was a takeover-level um, match that they, they gave away for free on, on telly. So, yeah, Keith Lee, Gargano, Balor, good seeing. Obviously, Keith Lee won and is going on to... to I would say that this is the, the turning point and Keith Lee will unify the, the championships. Unless there's some sort of mad interference or something like that, I think it's going to be Keith Lee uh, holding both uh, belts. How do you feel about the actual unification? Do you feel they're just kind of doing something for ratings? Because it feels like this has just come out of nowhere, really. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've got a feeling they will unify the belts, but then how they proceed with getting them dropped? They might, they might drop the North American title now they have the Cruiserweight Championship. They're maybe feeling that they oh, don't I... have enough time to have it on the show anymore, and this is a good way to write it off because it's really difficult to squeeze in your main event, your mid-card, your cruiserweight and your tag and your yeah. like in a two-hour show and you're also trying to show developmental talent. It's too much for one show. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. That's a good shout, Alex. Um, right, let's move on to SmackDown then and Gary's going to be very quick with this because there wasn't much going on with it. Incredibly quick, but sadly, SmackDown, I'm not doing the GLS. Raw, I'm doing the GLS. Um, SmackDown, no, everything is super quick because three of the four points are for the same segment. Right. Um, so... Firstly, I'm putting over The Undertaker. I don't think you need to say any more on that. They've done quite a good job in terms of the fact that they didn't have anything really in the way of content just because of everything that's happened. So we did essentially get an Undertaker tribute show. Um, but, you know, we just got to watch highlights of The Undertaker's career. We got to see the Boneyard match. We got to see a load of legends talking about him like we've seen in the last ride. It was brilliant, um, and it just reinforced how brilliant The Undertaker is. And I think the ratings also reflected that, which is weird considering it was a highlight show. But I'm burying WWE Superstars thanking Undertaker. I absolutely hated the start of the show where they had everybody on the stage chanting, thank you, Taker. Corny, rubbish, horrific. And for me, I think devalues when they actually do use the segments where they have superstars on the stage addressing something like a death. Uh, so for me, I just absolutely hated that one thing. Um, my other biddy is joint to that because the fact we had every superstar on the stage at that point, they were socially distancing, um, but they had every superstar on the stage at that point, and then it seemed like every superstar that was on the stage at that one point was in every single segment. They had like, what was it, a six-man or eight-man tag team match. They then had like a fatal four-way it seemed, and then they had a lumberjack match. It was like, you're just having as many people around the ring or in the ring as you can, which is a bad message to send at this time. So yeah. I absolutely hated that. Um, you know, Alex mentioned the, the lumberjack match. Exact same thing for me. I just watched it and I went, how tone deaf is this? <laughs> it's just yeah. no good. Especially yeah, like, there's so many, like, I wouldn't even say that either of the, the lumberjack matches used the stipulation particularly well. Definitely, like, didn't they? It was completely pointless. Uh, the, the only reason for the one that they had on SmackDown was to have Baron Corbin take a few uh, a few finishers, which is my final put over. WWE continuing with the bad luck Baron story. Uh, six years and 45 weeks remain, and I hope <laughs> they don't have him win in that time because they are doing a brilliant job of just making him look like a fool. And he's yeah, doing a great job of looking like a fool. man to keep track of that. Like, every couple of months, you've just got to be like, come on, WWE, we haven't seen a bad luck Corbin segment yet. Come on. <laughs> Where's our November one? And, and, so match match of, oh, sorry. I was going to say match of the night. Um, isn't even a match that's on the card. It was the Boneyard match. Brilliant. <laughs> that's oh. how good the matches were, but we're on the card. Great. All right, okay, let's move on to Raw from last night then, Gary. I've just read brief reports on it. What happened? I was going to appease you with my first put over because I heard Akira Tozawa's theme tune three times during Raw. Um, but I decided I'm not putting that over because we're going to talk about Tozawa enough. So for me, the, the first put over was the very start of the show. They started with the contract signing, which I normally hate because, you know, there's no need. But they started uh, by having the camera in the ring and Samoa Joe was just about to talk or he was kind of mid-talking and 
oh, uh, everybody was in the ring already beating lumps each other. So it was kind of, you know, it blurs that line. Obviously, we all know wrestling's predetermined. I'm, I'm not, you know, ruining Christmas for anybody here by saying that. But the fact they made it feel more real by having just everybody beating lumps at each other, they couldn't wait for the show to start to do that. And then it was that thing I mentioned last week where the hooks get into the commercial breaks and stuff like that. This was that perfect example of that. Everybody in the segment was great. Samoa Joe, obviously, is amazing on the mic. Sasha Banks was brilliant. She was a highlight for the full show. Ask and Drew together. It ended up in a mixed tag team match as well, which was great. So that full segment was brilliant. Um, the Berry, as I said, I'm only going for one Berry here, but there's a lot in the Berry. The Viking Raiders, and they weren't even doing anything useless this time, but they lost to Andrade and Angel Garza. And then Andrade and Angel Garza lost to the Big Show. So what does that show the Viking Raiders? Uh, and not only that, the Big Show cut a promo on Angel Garza and Andrade and called them Angel and Garza. So it was just a mess. Or in that, that full segment was an absolute mess. And all that's of this is to get to the booking. Why would you do that? Just, I mean, it's amazing that this is what all the wrestlers that want to get put over should do. Go and write a show and send it to Netflix. <laughs> it is literally to get to Big Show Randy Orton. That's the full reason for this. But I'm like, the Viking Raiders didn't need to be the people that you put in that position. There's a lot Neither of Gar- Neither Garzan, you know, these are these are stars that they're trying to build at the moment. So yeah. why would you have the big show run over them after the beating? It just makes no sense, man. Jesus. I thought Vince's big punching bags at the moment were uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. So that's that's who you send out for that segment. I know, God Almighty. Poor, poor Ricochet and poor, yeah, poor Cedric Ricochet Alexander. And, Alexander yeah. and, uh, and Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne. Oh, yeah, where are they going from? <laughs> Jesus. Um, what was match tonight, mate? Oh, sorry, I had one final put over as well. Um, I just the completely GLS. And with this one, I'm going for one specific thing. Peyton Royce's new finisher's brilliant. She does what is like, it? Um, so she done a setup move into it, which was like a kind of, it was like an enziguri, but it wasn't an enziguri. Um, I missed what it was actually called. But the actual finisher is similar to, you remember Goldust's old one? Uh, so it's like a corkscrew brain buster. All right, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, so I wasn't expecting it, and I was just like, oh, that's probably my favourite finish on wrestling right now. <laughs> just absolutely amazing. And she's just brilliant in the ring as well. I think, the Iconics, I think actually the Iconics as a tag team in ring are really good. I was, uh, was it last week we were facing um, Bailey, uh, Bailey and Sasha last week yep. I watched, and I, yep. I, I just watched them and I thought, they're really decent in the ring, really, really good. And they make the female matches sound like a female tennis match, which I find quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but the good, good the thing about the Iconics is the, the only real tag team in that tag team division, I mean, all everybody, every other female tag team has come in as single competitors that have just been forced into a tag team, but they've come in as a tag team. And, you know, we need more of that, I think. We need more of that rather than just two single competitors being thrown together. Come in as a tag team. And that's how they need to build that women's tag team division if they want going forward for me. But, hey, we'll wait and see. Uh, so much of the night, mate. Uh, it was Big Show versus... No, I'm kidding on. It <laughs> was... Um, uh, for me, it had to be... Uh, there was a lot of good matches, but for me, it had to be Asuka and Drew McIntyre against Dolph Ziggler and Sasha Banks. It was just really entertaining, and all four of them were brilliant in the ring, so it yeah. was just a brilliant match. Yeah, and the hints to, I'm assuming... The, the Extreme Rules has obviously been booked and they're booking it as the horror show now. I hear the Extreme Rules. What the hell is that, by the way? Did they expl- was there any explanation or was it just, it was like the greatest show 
the greatest match ever. It wasn't explained. It was just like extreme rules, horror show. There is no explanation as far right. as I know because the, the match we're getting is the gimmick match as the um so this was also announced on SmackDown, but I've completely glossed over it. It is a swamp match, not for the title between Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. But it's obviously old school Bray Wyatt, the um the you know Fireflies Wyatt family. So it's not the, the, the title's not on the line, no. Title's not on the line. So <laughs> uh, so that, I could have buried that as well, but I didn't want to put three buddies in there. Oh, Jesus. He's winning that match, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Has Vince just been watching films while he's been stuck in lockdown? He's just been watching films like, so he's been watching the, you know, the greatest showman with his uh, grandkids, you know, said, oh, that's a great idea for wrestling. We'll call it the greatest match ever and we'll theme it around the greatest showman and all that sort of stuff. I can't wait for uh, SummerSlam cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I think that's going to be brilliant. <laughs> um, remember, you can get all your buddies and putovers into Rab and Grado for this week's show uh, on Friday. Get them in at Twitter on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad news. The Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Hi, Gary. Alex's face, Alex's face is uh, completely solemn now. He's not laughing in any way. It might be a God, it just kind of goes over my head now. It's uh, the best jingle on the show, man. It's the best yeah. jingle on the show. Um, it's the only jingle on the show. It's it? the only jingle on the show. Um, what has been happening, Gary? Because you've been breaking the news this week. Uh, with your gals and Anderson stuff. What else has been happening aside from that? So obviously we mentioned earlier that Gallows and Anderson are impact-bound, but the biggest news of the week, which I didn't expect, is that someone has left impact. Um, not only that, a few people have, obviously. We mentioned uh, last week that Joey Ryan and Dave Christ have left. Uh, after that, Michael Elgin's suspension has turned into him no longer working for the company. But then the most surprising one, their most recent world champion, I was going to say current world champion, but she's not anymore, Tessa Blanchard, gone. Um, and this apparently came from her refusing to work an event that was going to be after the date that she had left the company and also refusing to send uh, promos for Slammiversary as well. So, <laughs> the, big, the big talking point, the thing everyone's been asking, Tessa Blanchard, where's she going next? Um, you know, everyone's saying, oh, it's got to be WWE or AEW. Obviously, that's what it does look like. If she's leaving Impact, then that would be the most, li- uh, the most likely place for her to go as one of those two. She was almost at WWE a few years ago. She didn't get signed because of, apparently, attitude issues. Uh, and obviously since then she's been accused of racial slurs, bullying so it doesn't seem like those attitude issues have gotten much better Um, and for me the one thing I always take is that for media calls Triple H mentions attitude is just as important as ability so I don't know how far uh, they'd be willing to take a risk 
but Alex McCarthy of TalkSport that we mentioned earlier as well, he put out an exclusive on this uh, saying that they are the front runners WWE to sign Tessa Blanchard. And a little note on that was apparently AEW aren't interested at all, which is odd considering the father works there. Um, so I think it's a case of who's got more pull. Is it, uh, it going to be Tully Blanchard or Charlotte Flair, who definitely wants her in WWE? It's going to be an interesting one. Um, for me, I've got no idea where she's going to sign because, like we said, attitude issues, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a lot bigger than uh, trying to get somebody to be a better worker. So. I mean, can she turn up tomorrow or does she have like... Yeah, a... yeah. Um, no, 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 no compete because right. she, our, our contract was almost at an end anyway and then that was it, just cut ties. So she could literally turn up at any point. So Fighter Fest and Great American Bash look good, don't they? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you think with the baggage that she certainly... I mean, from all accounts, she seems a bit of a dick. To use a phrase, she seems a bit of a dick. That's the quote of the episode, guys. Producer Mac, that's a Blanchard's <laughs> dick. Yeah, no, she does. She does. I mean, a, if AEW are saying they don't want her and Tully Blanchard works there, that kind of says something for you. But I guess, I mean, she, I can't see her appearing on NXT. She's surely going to be put onto the main roster because they're, they're already obviously Mercedes Martinez is coming up through NXT and they're promoting her at the moment. So do you think you they would just stick her on into right. straight into the main roster? Maybe maybe because Charlotte's there's also injured. one thing that I should. Aye, well, there's also one thing I should add. While theoretically she can turn up anywhere tomorrow, she's in Mexico. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's a bit of a sticking point for her actually turning up anywhere. But theoretically, she should have travel to the US. Is difficult right now, guys. That's, that's a bold <laughs> statement from a journalist. <laughs> Well, yeah, I would think maybe the Charlotte Flair thing is, you know, it might force the hand of WWE to just take a risk. But they've got a lot of other talent there. Yeah. They've got this, this woman they were building called Shayna Baszler, who we haven't seen since, well, I don't even remember. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, yep. <laughs> they've got plenty of, they've got a real rich depth of uh, female talent on that roster. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know why they would bother. I don't know why they would bother with the hassle that it's clearly going to cause. But maybe she's, listen, maybe she's changed. Maybe she's a nice person now. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so WWE have uh, cancelled lots of plans to run shows with fans, funnily enough. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of an odd update to this as well that's happened literally right before we came on air. Uh, so WWE were apparently planning on running shows with fans late July. So much so that they had a venue booked and dates in place. Um, apparently Vince wanted them to run a live indoor show with fans at the 8,000 seat RP funding centre in Lakeland, Florida. So obviously Florida. not a million miles away from where they are right now. Uh, and that was meant to be scheduled for July 24th and 27th. So I mean, a month away, but a month isn't exactly a long time when you think of where we are right now. We're having no fans in the building. Um, but Dave Meltzer, again, favourite journalist, uh, reported that the plans were cancelled because of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Doesn't it take, a, <laughs> doesn't it take any kind of massive stretch of the imagination to know that that would be the reason for it? Um, but they'll continue to hold their tapings, obviously, at the Performance Centre on full sale. Um, and the update on this today as apparently a new show has been announced for Cleveland, Ohio in September. Really? Don't know, yeah, don't know if that's something that they'd already planned on announcing it, and maybe it's just not been cancelled before now, but that would be really weird. So I think they are maybe hoping for the best for September. 
which is obviously only a couple of weeks away from when they're still scheduled to come to the UK. Uh, it's meant to be the start of October for them coming to the UK. So, aye, uh, we'll see. Still three months to go, but I wouldn't hold my breath. So SummerSlam doesn't look like it's going to be in front of an audience, that's for sure, does it? Yeah, well, that, if, again, if you think of that, it's only a month away from where this Ohio thing has, because SummerSlam's August, I believe, middle of yeah. August. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. get a bookie to take a bet, I would put money on the fact that SummerSlam is not going to be in front of a live audience. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, and last week, uh, more coronavirus chat, um, with more people getting it in WWE. So we just mentioned there that shows have been cancelled because of coronavirus. Um, obviously, we mentioned last week the tapings kept getting cancelled, which SmackDown ended up having to be recorded on the day. And obviously, you know, they had a set amount of people there. A load of stories came out, and then there's now a reason why the stories have stopped coming out. So on uh, one day last week, the end of last week, we had Renee Young say that she had coronavirus, which... You know, Tony can put out a statement on John Moxley saying that John Moxley had been told to stay at home in Las Vegas, told to self-isolate and test, uh, you know, and then do whatever after he'd been tested. He said that uh, John Moxley had been in contact with someone who had been in contact with someone that had tested positive. After that, we didn't find out anything about anyone on screen uh, in an in-ring capacity. So it was Renee Young... Jamie Noble, Adam Pearce, and Kayla Braxton. Kayla Braxton was an odd one because she confirmed that she's twice, yeah, twice she's tested positive. Two times! Which a lot of us didn't think was possible. Yeah. Three more to get to Booker <laughs> A lot of us didn't think that was a... <laughs> but yeah, um, the, the thing that came out after that, uh, well, actually, what came out before that was that apparently up to two dozen people and rising was the number. But... WWE have apparently um, forbidden anyone now from revealing whether they are testing positive or not. So that might be why we've not held it in for anyone that's in an in-ring capacity. From, from what you can see, there's a lot less people uh, than there have been over the past few weeks. A few segments pulled for SmackDown in particular. A few people on Raw that weren't featured uh, this week that have been featured in previous weeks. So I think it's fair to say that a lot of people have tested positive and they're keeping it quiet. Uh, but yet, there's also um, Dave Meltzer saying that the wrestlers apparently very unhappy, as you can imagine. A lot of them have chosen to stay at home. Most recently, Kevin Owens decided that he was going to stay at home during all of this. Sami Zayn, obviously, Roman Reigns. But apparently, um, and this was for Dave Meltzer, uh, no, no names mentioned, but apparently talents believe WWE should shut down production because of the new cases. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, tapings are still continuing. It. So. it doesn't sound like they were particularly responsible when you reported a couple of weeks ago they weren't actually testing everyone. Like after, I think, we were talking about the AEW situation and you just yep. automatically assume that WWE is, is as good, if not better. You know, it was a legitimate surprise when we all found out they hadn't been testing. Earlier today, Rick Bugs, who is a guy that I've mentioned that's in the crowd for all of these, the guy that FNXT is always playing air guitar and stuff, he confirmed that everybody's being tested now. But still, it's, like, it's a bit too little too, too late. Too <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's not just them. No. It just, se- just seems to be a blanket approach from Vince McMahon. This seems to have directly come from the top from reading between the lines you know Vince is 
one of these guys that's always, you know, doesn't like weakness in people. He hates the fact that he sneezes because he sees that as weakness. So it seems that he's just not, he's like, oh, it's just flu. It's just flu. It's a very, this kind of, a lot of, a lot of Americans have taken the, this one, oh, it's just, just a bad flu. You know, that's obviously reaches the top of the White House, you know. Yeah. Um, and just doesn't and you can't remember Vince's connections to the top of the White House. Well, exactly. It's just not been taken seriously, and obviously, the, this is what's ha- this what happens when you don't take something like the coronavirus seriously. This is what happens. And I mean, obviously, they're based in Florida, which is just a hotbed, you know. So it's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. So it will be interesting. I think in the come weeks, depending on what happens there, I think we'll see. You know. Shows is very similar to what we saw on SmackDown the other night, which is going to be best of getting wheeled out. I had, uh, well, it's not even that. If you look at the, the ratings that Undertaker's highlight stuff did, then why would you know? You're just getting archive footage. Um, but I had, um, and again, I'm not going to mention a name. People can go back and find the tweet and uh, look through it. But I put out a tweet saying the one thing that you need to do here is commend AEW on how well they've done. And the partner of a current WWE champion uh, liked the tweet. So, <laughs> so ah, that says a lot in itself. Um, I'm just sitting there trying to work uh, out who it was there. Uh, uh, there's only, what, 40-odd champions in WWE right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think there's 12. 12 oh, is it not? I think it's 21 uh, but I, total, but, but of course, Bailey's two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a partner of uh, of somebody that's currently a champion liked the tweet, that, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, interesting stuff. <laughs> uh, apparently they're, they're, they're going to do double tapings of NXT on Wednesday and double tapings of uh, Smackdown on Friday and Raw as well they're going to do double tapings so that might see them through but I, I, I do think they'll be looking at closing down potentially after that um, thank you very much for the news Gary oh you've missed the very important story guys well sorry very what important story that happened quite recently Keith Slater is also teasing joining Impact Wrestling <laughs> Hopefully I'll have that exclusive next week. (laughs) Okay, it's time to talk about the business end of this podcast when we talk about our Patreon. Now you can get involved in our Patreon channel and get lots more content from Wrestling Daft. We've got Patreon tiers set up. We've got Tier 1, Cruiserweight Champion, $4 a month. Get that and you'll get ad-free versions of all episodes, early episode access, bonus content from the show, the full video version of this very podcast so you can see our Wrestling Daft merch and all our funny backgrounds that we have on today and you can vote on what you want to see on the list of Wrestling Daft as well. Get that at patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. Tier 2 is Intercontinental Champ, $10 a month, about £7-odd. Uh, get within the Tier 1 and you'll get a video version of the headline show Thrab and Grado every week and you'll get invites to our Patreon pay-per-view parties plus bonus episodes once a month um, at the moment we've done us guys I've done an AEW report card uh, you also get up there chapter one of the Grado story it's yourself chapter two coming soon um, here three is world heavyweight champion about $20 a month a bit more expensive when we get live shows happening you'll get free tickets for that but that might not be happening. I'm every week, John. I'm so sorry. Every week, and I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just going to take it out for next week until we can actually do it. Uh, you get a free wrestling daft t-shirt of your choice. Have to be signed up for a minimum of three months, however, to get that and plus the chance to come on this show as one of our marks. So if you fancy any of that stuff, check them all out. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft and welcome you into the roster. <laughs>
Oh, we're not getting on our holidays this year, but you can imagine you're, you're on your holiday right now and join us on Fancy Booking Island as we basically come to this island and imagine what could be in the world of wrestling. This week, uh, it's myself and um, Gary find ourselves stranded on the island as uh, Alex is out at sea there on the wrestling daft raft. Telling us. But when did you merge the islands again? When did you stop the social distancing policy on Fantasy Booking Island? It's okay, because I was not consulted about this. Right, it's okay. We're, we're on the beach together now. We're at the other ends of the beach. We're socially distanced, two metres apart, lying on our sun towels, catching the rays. As you tell us what we should be booking this week, Alex. Booking at John's favourite wrestler's new stable. Which yeah. is a keyword to Zawa in case anyone hasn't figured that out yet. Can yeah. we keep the name part separate and not in the time limit? Yes, I'm yeah, okay with that. Let, I'm okay with that. The name can be separate. You can introduce your name first and then present yeah. your book. Should we, here's a, a concept. Should we do our bookings and then once we've both done our bookings, reveal our names? Happy okay, that. fair enough. If that's the way you want to play it, I'm, okay. I'm more than happy. Okay. I'm more the, way than this, the way this is going to work, then, we've got three minutes to book. Tazawa's Ninja Army in the WWE and uh, we're going to flip it for to see who goes first. Gary, have you got the badge with your face on it? Which I do indeed. You can get a Gary badge at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash Gary hyphen Cassidy. Although you can't get the badges there. I do this thing where you do the buy me a coffee thing and I send you a badge. But you can get t-shirts there. You can get you need to change that. You need to change that link to Wrestling Gary so you can do your Wrestling Daft Wrestling Gary. Yep. <laughs> Just delete the four letters. <laughs> right, okay, so flip the badge. Let's see who's going first. Uh, you can call it in the air if you want. Right, heads. Tails. <laughs> right, do I go first or second? <sighs> I'll go first because I think mine's is going to be terrible. You right. seem so passionate about Tazawa that I think I'm, I'm losing anyway. Right, okay, go for it. Right, two seconds till I get my own stopwatch up as well so that I don't run over. Uh, let me know when to go. Away you go, sir. Away you go. Cool. So for me, Akira Tozawa right now is feuding with R-Truth. I think that's money, so let's keep that going for a little while and book it from there on. So we keep the rivalry going. The small ninjas, as they have been, keep getting beaten up. Uh, they're, you know, they're just getting absolutely jobbed out left, right and centre while the big ninja is standing there doing enough to detract and let Tozawa keep the belt. The big ninja, though, gets distracted one week and Tozawa gets pinned for the title by R-Truth. So they fire the small ninjas. We never find out their identities. We have a match with Akira and the big ninja against the two small ninjas. They get written off TV forever. Um, we've then got Tozawa and the giant ninja just running roughshod over the roster. Uh, not the main event scene, but everything under that. We've got, you know, Tozawa being the kind of sneaky heel and the giant ninja being the guy that carries him through everything. Meanwhile, Apollo and Lashley are feuding. Lashley wins the US Championship. You can see where I'm going with this already. Uh, thanks to MVP. Tozawa enters a gauntlet match to win uh, a number one contendership for the US title. Of course he does with the help of the giant ninja. Uh, so they're kind of heelish, but people really like Tozawa. So they're kind of borderline. They're not quite faces, they're not quite heels. Uh, and, you know, we've got the number one contender. We then have Lashley versus Tozawa with MVP in the giant ninja ringside. This, of course, doesn't end in a clean victory. Lana comes out and Lana tries to hit on the giant ninja to cost Lashley the match. It uh, doesn't happen. Uh, obviously, you know, a load of shenanigans happen. And Lashley ends up revealing that there's a faction 
They came out and a beat down on Tazawa. It's MVP's faction of Lashley and Apollo Crews, who has turned heel and Shelton Benjamin. So they all beat down Tazawa. Ends up that the referee gets up. He's been knocked out in this process, I should have mentioned. Lashley gets the pin, but Tazawa, his feet were on the ropes. So we're getting a rematch. Rematch is made, but he has to overcome all obstacles. It is our favourite match, a lumberjack match. Um, they're socially distancing, <laughs> they're socially distancing. Um, but the only man that is acquainted with Tazawa in this match is the giant ninja. The rest are all, you know, MVPs, cronies and MVP. Halfway through, when it looks like Tazawa is not going to get the win, the small ninjas return. Eagle eyes, people might notice they look a bit different. But the small ninjas return. Uh, they help Tazawa even up the odds. And Tazawa pins Bobby Lashley clean, becomes a new US champion to stand in the ring with Tazawa, the giant ninja, and the two small ninjas who unmask, and it's Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Dang! Oh, I like that. You used a lot of untouched talent. I, I like that you, you pulled in the you pulled in the MVP stable and you even managed to get Ricochet and Cedric Alexander back on a card. Just wait until I ruin it when I say my name after uh, John's done this. Right? No, I, I've got. I think you've got this one because mine's just dead easy. Okay, Alex. I did see at the start the minute he mentioned our truth that your face yeah. just kind of like broke a little bit. So I'm expecting a full right. our truth. From you. Start the cock, Alex. Right, so as Gary says, Tazawa versus R-Truth is money. Now, you would think me being a big Tazawa fan, I would be booking him to the world title here. But oh no, that's not going to happen. We're going to keep him in the 24-7 challenge because I think we've got a lot of entertaining stuff to do there. Maybe after the 24-7, we might move him on, but we'll wait and see. So anyway, R-Truth hasn't got the belt. It's his goal, his destiny to retain this belt, you know, for the 120th time or what have you. So Tazawa's got the belt, but any time R-Truth gets near him, he can't because the ninjas just come out of everywhere to stop R-Truth pinning him. So R-Truth's doing the whole thing of, you know, dressing up as referees, just being the cameraman, trying to sneak into Tazawa's ninja lair to try and pin him. But yeah, I was about to say, you have to have him dressing up as a ninja at some point here, John. You kind of just completely missed that. Yeah, yeah. So, he's basically, he's, he's trying to do all these ways to get the 24-7 title back. He just can't. He can't. So, basically, we then cut to, if you can't beat them, join them. We cut to scenes in Japan of R-Truth training to be a ninja. Okay? So, there'll be, like, lots of cut scenes of, like, R-Truth going up at like in this Japanese dojo speaking to this guy very similar to the team held Dr. Shelby but this is a ninja master who basically is training R-Truth so R-Truth <laughs> off TV for a good couple of months right training to be a ninja but you can keep getting on raw all these little scenes of R-Truth training to be a ninja which are going to be really entertained then suddenly let's say let's say around Survivor Series where potentially Tazawa's ninja army are booked in some sort of match at Survivor Series. Suddenly the lights go black and into the ring drop R-Truth and a whole new army of red ninjas. So then we have the red ninja army versus the black ninja army for the 24-7 title. But it's not just any anything. We cut to a whole cinematic kung fu extravaganza with kung fu movie mixed with almost like the power rangers and then this is all over the 24 7 title um big cinematic kung fu match 
eventually R-Truth gets the pin, gets the 24-7 title back with his red ninja army. Then, I was praying you were going to have Funaki as R-Truth's guru. Oh, <laughs> I was praying. Oh, yeah, oh, praying. Oh, <laughs> you're essentially doing the cruel tutelage of Pai Mei featuring R-Truth. I, I, oh, I, I absolutely love it, John. I'm not going to lie. What's that? I absolutely love it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of Funaki. Right, okay. You could have presented the perfect, the perfect balance of like serious booking, trying to get superstars over, and just nonsense. And I'm like, it's such an impasse of which one to pick. But Gary, go for your name. The names might decide it. So I was gonna use one or two to annoy John. I was going for either Akira's Army or Tazawa's Triad, but I decided to change my mind. Do any of you remember before all this happened what Tazawa's uh, catchphrase was, by any chance? Oi. No. Uh, ha. Ha! That was it. So I went for the Ha Foundation. Deleting those two letters for the, the Heart Foundation. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to point out that the triad is actually uh, Chinese, not German. Yeah, I know. that. That's another reason why I decided against that. Yeah. I was just looking for the alliteration. Yeah, because oh, we all love alliteration in this program. Um, right, I'm sticking with my ridiculous on this. <laughs> I'm going to go for... Tazawa's mental ninja wrestlers and they could sing along to the theme tune to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tazawa's mental ninja wrestlers. Tazawa's mental ninja wrestlers. This is gonna happen. That bit doesn't work. Um, I'll admit I hated John's name until he sung it. <laughs> you've sung it and you've actually got, you've went to one above a name, John, and you've given it a theme tune. It's not even that, that's the ultimate sacrifice because he's willing to sacrifice Tazawa's theme music to have that. <laughs> Exactly, and I, I can't. I can't look past the segments of our truth trip to Japan. I just, I just can't look past it. I'm sorry, Gary, but we have to give John for his greatest week of booking ever the victory. Uh, it's a hundred times yes on that one, John. Hundred times yes. I would take it. I feel like I was in a handicap match against John and Akira Tozawa anyway, so I'll happily take that. <laughs> I'm afraid, Gary, you were so ahead until he mentioned our truth takes his trip to Japan, and then I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave me the full Kung Fu extravaganza. He listened when I said that was the only part of that match that I liked. So he definitely... <laughs> that was a sneaky decision, John. Hey, one for once. <laughs> so that's it for this week's Wrestling Daft. The Marks, remember to rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on twice a week now. Today I thought on a Tuesday and with Rab and Gradle on a Friday. Uh, Rab and Gradle, slightly different show last week. We were talking about the speaking out movement. We're back to normal this week though. Gradle is trying to, at the moment as we speak, book Gail Kim. Right, and um, remember, if you want to get involved in our Patreon, you can do that, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, you can check out the video version of this podcast up there. Uh, before we go, guys, um, I thought we'd just have a look quick look over night one of Fighter Fest, which is obviously kicking off on AEW this week. Um, looking down the card, and Alex coming to you, we've got Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz, and uh, Private Party got Mark Hardy on their side. Yeah, they've been doing the Private Party kind of like young uh, Hardy Boys kind of angle, so Matt keeps appearing as the yeah. young Hardy with them. Um, I think we need to give it to Santana and Ortiz as those guys haven't had a win as a tag team in a while. They booked Santana quite strong this week, but thinking back to, I can't remember the last time the two of them had a tag team win. And I think I've, they need- I've a party in the same kind of boat though, aren't they? I think they've had a bit more exposure with the Matt Hardy stuff. I mean, there's, there's then the secondary argument that 
they've been more exposed, so maybe they take the win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also on the card, Jurassic Express versus MGF and Wardlow. Gary, what your take on this one? Can't wait to see MGF and Jungle Boy in the ring again for a start. I think that is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, but for me, I think they need to keep building MGF. I know it's easy to give the, the faces a win, but, um, but aye, I can't wait to see uh, MGF and Jungle Boy. It just seems to be the, the nothing for MGF and Jungle Boy at the moment in terms of getting them into the TNT picture or even the, the, the big uh, championship picture. Um, so I guess something... They may be building the TNT belt around Cody for a little bit to then drop it maybe to MGF because they can just jump straight back into the Cody MGF yeah. or maybe he turns heel in his jungle boy. I think maybe it's probably the case of Cody should maybe just defend it against people that are never going to win that shouldn't win for a while and then you know MGF is the guy that wins it first time hopefully hopefully yeah, yeah. Um, women singles match for the championship at Shida versus Penelope Ford keeping the belt on Shida aren't they I have to keep it early to drop it Ford's actually looked really good I, yeah I was going to say that I think she's looked really really good I think Shida keeps the belt until Britt Baker comes back. I think that's the way to go. Um, then we've got the TNT Championship. It's uh, Cody versus Jake Hager. I could, I could see them putting it on Jake, but I don't think they'll drop Cody will drop it this early. They might extend this out a little bit. I think maybe maybe something ropey will happen. It might not be a clean finish. And it's a hard one call. Or Arna Anders, is it maybe a, a turn in, another turn in the push towards Cody in a heel way? Who knows? Maybe you could have Arn cheating for him without his like, without him like um, agreeing to it or something like that. I think there's going to be something here. This isn't going to be a clean finish. I'd predict Cody keeping it, but I think we should have Dustin Rhodes in Cody's corner and then Sean Spears come out and start a rivalry with Dustin Rhodes. That's a, a match we need to see more of. <laughs> yeah, that's that. has been hasn't been seen for a week. No. Well, after the whole Tully Blanchard giving him the golf thing, so, yeah. no, he was in, he was on um, he was on. They showed a highlight of him on Dark uh, last week, and essentially the the point of the glove is that Tully's been slipping him like a metal pole that he holds when he punches. Right. So, oh, so that's okay. that was the logic behind that. They kind of they did explain that. Okay, I thought he was just going to have this super glove that makes him an amazing wrestler and he'd go on to win it. No, he's just hiding. He's just hiding a weapon. <laughs> All right, okay, good. Uh, and finally, Omega and Pangman Page versus the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent. Sticking with the booking of the best friends, clean sweep. Sticking. Do you think, do you think best friends are going to win? I think best Aye. friends is going to win and Cassidy's going to be Jericho. And I'm standing by that. I said it last week and I'm standing by it this week. I'm less convinced on Cassidy Jericho after how last week went now. Um, but for Are me, I think... that's a game of Cassidy was standing at the end, so Cassidy... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am indeed. Uh, but I do think definitely uh, best friends are winning and I think we might see the heel, heel turn happen here. Who's turning heel though, Omega or Hangman? Definitely Omega. Definitely oh, Omega. Hangman's now become like... He was going heel, and now he's just kind of deadpanned off into this kind of new, kind of just no-nonsense, I don't really give a shit cowboy character. He's too likeable, and I think Omega is, and I don't like saying this about Kenny Omega, but I think Omega in AEW is a bit stale in terms of the character, and I don't like saying that about Kenny Omega, uh, but I think they need to do something with him to just change stuff. And I think they've kind of ran the course with the Elite after they've done, well, the Elite in AEW anyway, after they've done the Inner Circle thing, there's not... There's not another big faction to do that with. Yeah, break them up, break them up, move on. 
Oh, well, looking forward to that on Wednesday. We'll be watching that, and I'm sure Alex will have his take on it um, next week. Um, thanks very much for listening. Um, like I say, Rab and Gradle back on Friday with the main show. Thank you very much, boys. Where can we get you on Twitter, Gary? Uh, I am on Twitter at Wrestling Gary. So if you type in Wrestling Daft and follow Wrestling Daft if you don't already, and then delete four letters and uh, type in Gary. And on there, I will be making a fill of myself about NXT UK when we get the announcement that still hasn't came at this yeah. point. And definitely, <laughs> full Gary, you'll get all, he's up, he watches every bit of wrestling and he does Q&A sessions and... Yeah, you've been going live a lot during the shows as well, that's a, yeah. that's a new, a new update. Uh, I've been trying to do it half an hour before every show, but that kind of falls by the wayside because I'm watching Taskmaster sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Lower the gimmick of only watching wrestling. And you'll get all the re- the breaking wrestling news with him. Me and Alex, however, you didn't even want to bother. you get pictures of Cat if you follow Alex. On, where do you, can we get you, Alex? Uh, Thirsty Baboon. What I should do is just start doing bad Photoshop wallpapers every week and just start posting that on my Twitter so there's actually maybe a reason to follow. Do that. Follow up, that Baboon, idea. And you can get me on at Producer Mac. We'll just get a lot of shite up there. Um, so thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Until that time, keep marking out. It's a new one. That might be the smoothest uh, end catchphrase ever. (laughs) (laughs) Audio Frontier. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.